Good morning. And welcome on this absolutely perfect morning. I gave all the 8 o'clock people who came two extra points for coming to 8 o'clock on this perfect day. I'm going to give you guys four extra points for coming because right now is like the perfect time to hit the beaches. So you guys get extra points for being here and it's wonderful to see so many. At this time, I invite you to please stand. And our service begins on the front of our booklet. Blessed be God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our song of praise is hymn 410, found in the blue hymnals.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have given your only Son to be for us a sacrifice for sin and also an example of godly life. Give us grace to receive thankfully the fruits of his redeeming work and to follow daily in the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, maintain justice and do what is right, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance will be revealed. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him to lo love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane, profane it, and hold fast my covenant. These I will bring to you my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 67 will be read in unison. May God be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of his countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide all the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has brought forth her increase. May God, our own God, give us his blessing. May God give us his blessing, and may all the ends of the earth stand in awe of him. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people for whom he, whom he foreknew. For the gifts of the calling of God are irrevocable, just as you were disobedient to God, but have now received mercy because of their disobedience. So they now have been disobedient in order that, by the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that he may be merciful to all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our sequence hymn this morning is hymn 533. I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing hymn 533.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into the pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles, for out of the heart comes evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. triune God, send us your power, send us your witness, send us your grace and spirit, not to turn away from difficult truths. Amen. The older I get, the more often I've noticed that the people I would consider to be the wisest share one interesting behavior, that when they're met with a situation or an idea that they can't fully explain, Rather than disagree, avoid it, or cobble together some solution or explanation that's intellectually lazy, they seem comfortable using four magic words. Some words that show humility, 
and maintain a willingness to seek out the truth when it's not so clear. I don't know, but. Why does evil exist if we have an all-powerful, benevolent God? I don't know, but I'm still called to work for justice and peace. Where do all of those socks end up after the dryer cycle? I don't know, but most of the leftovers make a fine cleaning rag. From the most profound to the most mundane, this posture seems to allow us to stay more honestly engaged with the mysterious and difficult realities of our life and of our world. So, why does Jesus liken a brave, persistent, faithful Canaanite woman to a dog in our Gospel from Matthew? I don't know. But the fact that it's there at all invites us to take a closer look. Hopefully by looking more deeply at this ugly exchange, and it is ugly, rather than looking past it, we might still see the shimmer of some good news somehow. But first, we need to take a trip back to the Hebrew Bible to remember the source and the context of the deeply rooted ethnic hostility between Canaanites and Jews in today's reading from Jesus' time. The Sparknote version would be something like this. Through Abraham and Moses, God has promised the Israelites will be a blessing to the nations, to the entire world. And God has done no small amount of work to deliver these people from Egypt and sustain them in the wilderness, even when they complained a lot and then lead them to a promised land. A land where they could finally be safe, where they could live and fulfill a life with God and each other that spreads peace and prosperity according to God's law. There's one small problem, though. Someone's already living in that promised land. Can anyone guess who that could have been? The Canaanites, yes. And not only were they there, but they were doing some pretty nasty stuff. According to Leviticus and Deuteronomy, that stuff included, but was not limited to, sacrificing children to their own God. So the mission to give this land to Israel also had an added task of stamping out behaviors that ran contrary to God's law. The book of Joshua depicts in graphic detail the military conquest of Canaan. And while there's a lot of really easily missed nuance and context that's present in that account, at the end of the day, it's still a bloody, terrible turn of events in a humanistic point of view. Yes, the Bible makes it seem that blood had to be spilled to fulfill a promise pledged by a God that we now so often refer to as a God of peace. Why? I don't know. But I hope to ask God about it someday. But rather than stop there, let's take a breath and stare down that very reality and keep going. So this conquest is the beginning of a cross-ethnic relationship between 
the Israelites, which we'll now know as the Jews, and the Canaanites. This is the beginning. And what follows are centuries of marginalization of the Canaanites by their Israelite occupiers. And while no Jew in Jesus' time could have claimed responsibility for the genesis of the occupation, centuries worth of animosity and degradation from both sides are entrenched and well alive and at play in the daily life at this point. Canaanites were godless, forgettable people in the eyes of most Jews, a subordinate caste put in their place by God's divine action, so it would seem. Sounds a little too familiar, doesn't it? We get a glimpse of the ethnic bias, what we today would probably just call blatant racial prejudice, but we get a glimpse of it in the reaction of the disciples as the Canaanite woman calls out for Jesus, desperate to seek healing for her daughter, this mother, who otherwise would have worshipped other gods, cries out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. She knows who he is. Really. But the disciples grumble. They're annoyed, probably a little uncomfortable, and ask Jesus to send her away which is understandable coming from this crew. They're often doing and saying all the wrong things, falling victim to their own biases and the inability to see a bigger picture. But what about Jesus? Jesus who doesn't even answer this begging woman at all. Even after we hear of him time and time again, showing endless mercy to countless people and other stories who have similar problems, Jesus, the enfleshed, perfect Christ, begotten, not made, through whom all things were made, who responds that he was only sent to help his people, not people like her, who finally, when he does speak to her directly, only says that helping her would be like giving children's food to dogs. That doesn't sound like the Jesus we know, does it? Well, Bible scholars have done a lot of theological and intellectual acrobatics to try to explain these most difficult words of Jesus. And unfortunately, for those of us who would like to just chalk them up to an editorial mistake, Matthew's Gospel takes its source from Mark, and Mark has the same story. Matthew had every opportunity to redact such an embarrassing part, of this gospel, but Matthew didn't, which gives us good evidence that it really was authentically from the lips of Jesus. See, one common explanation, though, is that the Canaanite woman helps Jesus, helps him see through his own bias. He, like virtually any other Jew, would have been brought up to harbor a prejudice against Canaanites. And there are other vague examples in the scriptures of when Jesus actually is persuaded by other people. My favorite one is the scene from the the wedding in Cana when Mary runs to Jesus and tells them that they're out of wine and asks him to do something about it. And he looks and says, it's not my time. I'm not going to do anything. We don't hear what Mary does or says next, but miraculously, he does something. And I think it's like the mom look. I think she gives him, you know, the didn't have to say anything, and then he just did what his mom said. My mom does that. 
So he is persuadable, Jesus. And that's a nice idea. That really centralizes Jesus' humanity. And it serves as a powerful lesson that we need to be willing to have our minds changed too, always. But something about this feels a little too human, a little too imperfect for the Christ who is fully divine, but is also fully perfectly human. So why does Jesus say this to this woman? I don't know. But one commentator, who happens to be the dean of my seminary, provided something that helped me look at it a bit of a different way. He writes, We tend to be offended by language, but often far too relaxed about the more offensive conditions that it actually reflects. Jesus starts firmly with the existing real relationship and conflicts, not with some abstract ideas about inclusion. Matthew presents them more honestly than we tend to be about our modern equivalents. And then he unpicks them, stitch by stitch, through the narrative, and in a very painful exchange, rather than just declaring those meaningless or shocking and something to be avoided or hushed. But it's still hard to hear Jesus talk like this. And while it is here, while it is hard, I think what's happening is that Jesus isn't allowing anyone to look away. Away from the fraught, turbulent reality that exists in this episode for these people. And he has to refocus on that tough truth before he can acknowledge this woman's great faith. And before proving, finally, that God's rescue plan will indeed be for all people. This is a kind of honesty that's wise to practice. It's wise to practice in this text and with it. It's also wise to practice in this place. Because if we're being honest, inclusion and exclusion, they both always come at a price. As you'll remember, it took blood being spilled in the book of Joshua to bring about a promised land. And it will take blood being spilled again to bring about the full completion of that same promise. Only this time it will be God's own blood in the person of the crucified Christ. To fulfill Isaiah's prophecy that we heard earlier, that God will gather the outcasts to those already gathered. It will be costly, but God will pay the price. And this, my friends, is a clear example of the real scandal of the gospel that we profess. That Christ both highlights pain and then transforms it. Makes it count for something, if we are brave enough not to look away at first glance. If we are persistent, like that faithful Canaanite mother, in seeing how Jesus might make something out of this broken reality, a reality that he sees and does not ignore, that he acknowledges even when it stings. So, did Jesus really have to say what he said? I still don't know. 
but in some oddly holy way. Please stand as you are able and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. <coughs> we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be justice and peace on earth. Give grace, give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. Give rest to the departed, especially Sandra R. Flockhart, eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Rich and Priscilla Durant, Susan Dvorak, and Patricia DeVergen. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for our retired bishops, Gerilyn Wolf and David Jocelyn. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, peace I give to you, my own peace I leave with you. Regard not our sins, but the faith of your church, and give to us the peace and unity of that heavenly city, where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us. 
that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. In the glory of your name, amen. amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please be seated. And I'd like to call Aubrey front and center at this time. So we, we all know that the South Kingstown Beach is closed because they can't get teenagers or college students to help with um, lifeguarding at this point. And we know our snowbirds are getting ready to pack up and go back to Florida in a few weeks. And Aubrey is getting ready to leave for college. And I'm assuming it's Colby. Okay. It's Colby. And so we have to take today to bid farewell to you for the semester as you prepare to go off on your great adventure. But a little bit about Aubrey and how special she has been to this congregation. Yeah, I'm going to embarrass the heck out of you. Just, just, just be prepared. So um, Aubrey has, over the last six, seven years, been part of our community market. She was part of the teenage backbone of the community market during the um, pandemic and was here almost every Friday with her mom and friends. She ran cookie drives to give out boxes of Christmas cookies to our guests um, for the last three or four years. In confirmation class, um, you know that statement, I don't know? Having Aubrey in class, I wound up finding myself saying that quite a bit because she always challenged everything and anything, wanting to why, 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 or what, and let's think about this. Um, she has also been a faithful acolyte up through this year, and at times has been my um, in loco parente to our younger acolytes, leading them and guiding them through the service. So she's done a lot here at St. Peter's as well as in the community. And so I'm going to invite Drake to come down. Oh, one thing I did leave out, she's been one of Drake's um, greatest critics in his um, <laughs> preaching class. So um, <laughs> keeping him on task as well. So we're going to lay hands on you, and I'm going to ask everyone to pray with us for Aubrey. So the Lord be with you. And also with you. Almighty and gracious God, we give thanks for this wonderful young woman that you have blessed us with these last years, for her generous heart, her desire for justice, but most of all, throughout this time, her growing love of you. And so at this time of transition, Lord, we ask you to be with Aubrey as she goes on and leaves home for college in the week to come. Fill her with the confidence of knowing that even if she may feel that she is far from home, the truth be told, she is home because you are with her, sustaining her and guiding her through her times when she may feel lost, overwhelmed, or lonely. Give her the grace to know that this community who has watched her grow, who has loved her, and have been impressed by her, that our prayers, our thoughts, and our hearts go with her, and that we look forward to her returning home at holidays, to hear of her adventures, and to be filled once again with her heart and spirit among us. 
And we also pray this day for her mom as she lets her go, that she may do so with grace, hope, and joy. And we lift all this in your name. Amen. 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 Good luck. Thank now, I want you to remember one thing. Okay. At confirmation, I gave you a Book of Common Prayer. Yes, I saw that. So when, I want you to bring that with you. Okay. And I want you to know that whenever you're feeling lonely or lost and homesick, just pull that out because home is there, and home is in the Episcopal Church right around the corner, too. Very true, very true. So the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. <laughs> Thank you. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Yeah, I'm feeling it too. I know. <laughs> Peace. What'd you do? Football. Football. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm ugly crying too. <laughs> Peace be with you. <laughs> Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace. Peace be with you. Peace. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Good morning, Peace. folks. Uh, well, Father Craig's still Peace. doing what he does. Uh, I'll read the announcements. Um, <laughs> I'm Ron Cowie, your lovely senior warden. And uh, first off, we have the Episcopal Relief and Development Support for the Hawaii Fire Response. Uh, I think if you were, unless you live under a rock, you saw what was happening there. And it was pretty awful. And so the Episcopal Church is coordinating an effort to send some support there. Highly recommend it. Uh, Bible study groups resume in September. Uh, Wednesdays at noon, beginning September 13th. Thursdays at 7 p.m., September 14th. And so there's going to be more information about that. Uh, also, this Thursday uh, is the community barbecue, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, pulled pork, barbecue chicken, mac and cheese. Uh, salad, vegetarian options, just a great time. Uh, it might be the last time we do it outside. I mean, September might behave, but it's, it's a wonderful way to just kind of get together. Uh, and this Saturday, there is a pop-up art show. And Paul, if you want to add more to this, but if you come in for coffee hour, you'll see what's for sale. And it's to support this Liberian school in, um, that Zoe's kind of spearheading with Bob and Paul. And, it's an interesting kind of project that we're working on, and this is a way to, it, am I correct? It's raising funds for that? Yes. yes. I didn't screw up. I'm not a failure. <laughs> um, and also on September 17th, the choir will be back. Now, to tie in with the, um, the barbecue this, this Thursday, we're raising money, and it's, you know, it's a free thing, but if you want to throw in some money, the, the goal uh, at least in my mind, is to help raise money for the leads to give them a much-needed raise. Uh, I think we all appreciate the Sarahs and uh, the Tonys and all that. Um, I was going to say the other Tonys. The other Tonys. The, 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 <laughs> there's a whole gang of Tonys and Sarahs, and um, and they really help us kind of, I don't know, worship. It's cool. Um, <laughs> Okay, also, and I think last but not least, uh, the Basket Helpers for the Christmas Bazaar is coming up August 24th and 31st, September 7th and 28th, 9 to 3. Uh, and it's just come in, help out. Uh, the Christmas Bazaar is a real big deal, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and they can always use help, but just show up. And I guess 
you do stuff and you talk. Um, and apparently, I just, I'm, I'm just scrolling through the e-net, by the way, like I'm reading you the news that we all get. I know that sounds passive aggressive, but it's a fact. Um, <laughs> the South County Chamber Orchestra is performing this afternoon at three here. It's a free concert, but I guess it's probably a suggested donation. Um, is there anything else I'm missing out? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and make good your vows to the Most High.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin, and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he'd given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, honor and glory now and forever. Amen.